High Praise Podcasts. Hey everybody, this is Pastor Joshua, lead pastor here at High Praise, and I want to thank you for downloading today's podcast. We know that this message is going to encourage and bless you. So I want you to open up your heart and receive what the Lord has for you today. Turn your Bibles very quickly to Amos chapter 3. I'm, I, I want to just share some things tonight. We actually started a series last week on faith, and I'm not going to be continuing that series tonight. And I'm, I'm sorry if somebody came uh, expecting to hear that, but I really felt the need tonight to just uh, give some understanding concerning some of the things that took place this past Sunday. It's a very, very powerful move of God. And I literally, um, we've had similar type moves of God before, but I will tell you in the history of this church, I could probably count on one hand uh, the, the number of times we've had anything specifically like that. And uh, this was a real, very, a very sovereign move of the Holy Spirit that took place. There was a prophetic river that really flowed through the entire service. I knew from the time the first downbeat of the music, I said, something is different today. And many of our staff even began to echo that this week. And the staff, meaning that they could tell there was something that was very uh, unique about the service. There was a specific agenda. How many of God has an agenda? And you have to be willing to put your agenda to the side and embrace the agenda of God. And God had a very specific agenda, something he wanted to accomplish this past Sunday. And I, I want to give some biblical understanding because I always know whenever, you know, we know when something happens that's unusual, the first thing that happens is our mind begins to question what's going on, what's happening. Even if we recognize that God is moving, we want to know what's happening, right? We, we, Lord, what are you doing right now? What, what's taking place right now? Why are we having these unusual and supernatural manifestations within the service? And so, um, and by the way, I want to say this also. We have lately had a lot of miracles. As a matter of fact, this past Sunday, there was a lot of miracles that took place. There were people that were actually watching online. They were watching via the stream. And as we were calling out words of knowledge, they were being healed and miracles were taking place on the other side of the camera. And we got testimony of that. Can you say hallelujah, amen? I believe we're going to see an explosion of miracles, signs, and wonders that are going to take place. But uh, I want to get some understanding as to what's taking place and what I feel like the Holy Spirit has been doing. And so in Amos 3, 7, it says this, Surely the Lord God does nothing. Everybody say, does nothing. How many know what nothing means? Nothing means absolutely nothing, right? Nothing means nothing. Okay. Unless... He reveals his secrets to his servants, the prophets. Surely the Lord God does nothing. That means God does not release anything in the earth. There is nothing that God does within the earth or within our lives unless he reveals his secret to his servants, the prophets. Verse 8, a lion has roared who will not fear. The Lord God has spoken who can but prophesy. Uh, this is a wonderful passage of scripture that begins to reveal to us that God doesn't do anything until, first of all, he begins to speak it and declare it by the prophets. Um, let me just go back to creation. Before any light shows up, what does God say? 
He says, let there be light. God prophesies light before light actually becomes a living reality. Correct? And so everything that God does, he always speaks it first. And his word is the creative power behind the existence of everything that we see. And so God, before he does things within the church, he will first of all, he will reveal it to his servants, the prophets. Now, it's important that we understand, of course, it's, this is spoken in the Old Testament. However, it is also a New Testament principle. Everybody say New Testament principle. You see, there are a lot of things that are spoken in the Old Testament that carry over into the New Testament. Does everybody understand this? And so the things that the Lord says even here are applicable to us today. And so God says, I'm not going to do anything unless I first of all reveal it to the prophets. I'm going to have them speak it. I'm going to have them prophesy it. And most of the time, they'll prophesy it even more than one time before you actually see the fulfillment of it within your life. And so he declares these things and his word released in the earth is what gives him, please hear this, it's what gives him the authorization to bring it forth. Uh, John Wesley said this, he said, it seems that God can do nothing in the earth until man first of all prays. Man has to pray first. What is man doing? Man is authorizing God to move, right? That's the reason Jesus said, he said, even though the Father knows what you have need of, you still are supposed to you're supposed to ask. You have to verbalize it. You have to articulate it. How many of you know salvation requires you to say something, right? It says, if you believe in your heart that God raised it from that, but if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus, he doesn't become Lord of your life until, first of all, you confess him as Lord, right? So you have to say something. So God is always waiting for somebody to say something. God will anoint prophets to begin to prophesy and declare his will and his purpose within the earth, not just so that we can say we have prophets, not just so we can embrace the gift of prophecy. It's so that God can then be authorized to do what his will is within the earth. Amen. One, one of the things that we have to understand is God's will is not automatically done. You ever heard somebody say that, you know, well, that's, you know, whatever God's will is, that's just what's going to be done. Well, the, my Bible says it's not the will of God that anybody should perish, but that all should come into the knowledge and to a place of repentance. However, that's not what happens. That's the reason we have to go preach. We have to go teach. We have to go minister the word of the Lord, right? And so we have to understand that just because something is the will of God, may I say this, I believe it's the will of God for everybody to be healed. Do you believe that? Do you believe it's God's will is healing? Do you believe that today? I believe God's will is for everybody to be prosperous. How many know? What's what? Third John verse two, beloved, I wish above all things that you would, and even as your. How many believe that the word of God is the will of God? Do you believe that? But how many of you know Christians today that are not prospering, and are not living in health? Well, it's not because it's not the will of God. It's because in one, there, I don't have time to go into all the different reasons, but in one way or another, the will of God has not been released within that individual's life. Okay, we're not going to try to go there tonight, but we have to understand this. This is the principle, that just because something is the will of God does not mean that it will automatically get done. So God has to have prophets. He raises up prophets to declare and speak his word. And then man's responsibility is to do what? To embrace it, to believe it, and then pull heaven into earth. 
May I say this, what I believe that God is doing today is he's beginning to articulate fresh things by the Spirit of the Lord because he wants to embrace the newness that he desires to bring, but we have the responsibility of embracing it and saying, yes, Lord, do it within my life, amen? Listen, we, we've gotten words after words about what God would do with prodigals. Hear this, you've got to embrace it and say, yes, Lord, it's mine. I take possession of it, and I declare that every family member will be saved in Jesus' name. I don't care. They may act like they're going to hell right now. They may be on the hell train right now. But hear this. God's going to put them on the heaven train real quickly. Going to arrest them. Jerk their chain. Hallelujah. Listen, don't think for a moment that God doesn't have their number. Mm. I feel the anointing right now. Y'all just excuse me just a moment. You know what, and sometimes you know your kids may not even be a prodigal in the sense of they're not, uh, they're lost or they're, they're, you know, ungodly, but sometimes they can be misaligned with the purpose of God, and God still knows how to jerk their chain and bring them back into the place of agreement with the purpose of God. Do you believe that he can do that? Listen, I believe that God is bigger than the will of man. Now, God will not do something beyond the will of man, but he will make you willing. Did you, did you get that? In other words, he will not violate your will, but he has a way of making you willing. He has a way of bringing you to a place of surrender. Now, some of you, this is for some of you, you think your kids, they, they're going to go do their own thing. Listen, God's got the hook in the jaw. Now, I'm not a fisherman, but I do know this. You know, sometimes the fish are kind of run and they'll swim, right? And you're just playing with there with the, and Chuck, you could probably tell me more about this. I know you're a great fisherman. Or Robert, you're a great fisherman. Any other good fishermen here? All right, no, okay, y'all are the only two, but nonetheless, you know, you, you wait and you just wait till you get that right nibble and then you, what do you do? You, ah, you jerk that thing, right? Am I correct? Is that pretty all right, I'm not telling the story very good. Okay, it's according to what kind of you're fishing for, but you, 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 you kind of, I've, at least I've watched them. Maybe that's all just show. I don't know. It seems like they do that to the rod, you know, to, to, to get the hook, to, to hook them, and then they start reeling, yeah, like that, and then reeling them in. And listen, the Lord, he, he just let them, he's let them play for a little bit, okay? You keep on doing what you, it's okay, you're about to get hooked. You know why? Because you got a praying mama and daddy. You got you got somebody that's standing in the gap for you, and you may want to run, but you can't hide. You know, I know you're out there. You're a big marlin right now. Oh, got me a marlin on here. But you know what? I know how to reel them in. I got the right tension on the line. I've got the right strength of line. I got the right boat. I got the right captain, and I'm going to reel you in. Look at somebody say, God's reeling them in. Well, see, when the Lord speaks those things, he speaks those things not only to encourage you. This is not my message. It's something different. Not only to encourage you, but he says that in order to cause faith to arise so that you can say, yes, Lord, I embrace that. Yes, Lord, that's mine. Come hell or high water, I'm not going to let go of my promise. Let me tell you what, we've had to stand before life and death, death looking us right in the face, and we said, I choose to believe. I choose life today. I choose what God said. Let God be true in every man a liar. Hallelujah. Amen. 
We've had to do that with kids, with grandkids, with all sorts of situations. There's still some things I'm believing God for, even in our, our grandchildren. I'm declaring there will be a miracle. There will be. We will see a miracle come forth in the mighty name of Jesus. I, I don't settle for, you know, see, so, so often we just settle for, you know, well, something happens and it's not where, please hear how I'm saying this. You know, and I'm going to get real down to the, uh, a place that's very near and dear to my heart. So I'm going to be very transparent. We have a grandson, and I love him so much. I love all of our grandsons. Josiah, we had to believe for him whenever he was born. Most of you know he was stillborn, but God resurrected him. Hallelujah. In the name of Jesus, breathe. God resurrected him. They said, and of course, Pastor Joshua was given testimony of this. They said, he'll be slow at learning. He'll be all this other stuff. You know what? The, the enemy, and please understand, well-meaning, we understand the role of doctors and nurses. They're going to give you their a diagnosis based on what they see. That's what they're supposed to do. But you know what? I believe that God's diagnosis trumps the diagnosis. Am I right, Larry? Am I right, Brother Larry? It's because the doctor's diagnosis for your daughter wasn't good. The doctor's diagnosis was it, it what was she ain't gonna live, but how many know God had a different diagnosis for her? Hallelujah. <laughs> Amen. Our youngest grandson has a speech impediment. I believe he's called to preach. I believe he's called to preach. He loves God. He's he's a worshiper, and he's got a little he has a speech impediment. And you know what? You know what? Every time I am with him, you know what I do? I lay my hands on him. Because you know what? This is not acceptable. Y'all understand what? I'm not settling for this. I don't have to settle for this. Okay? I'm not just saying, well, that's just the way he's going to be. No, I lay my hands upon him, and I declare your tongue shall be loosed, and you shall speak as of the oracles of God in the name of Jesus. I declare he, you watch and see, he's going to stand up one day, and he's going to speak totally plain, and there's not going to be any impediment whatsoever in his speech. Hallelujah. I'm not trying to be cocky right now. I'm declaring my faith right now. This is what I believe. And the same God that resurrected Josiah, the same God that resurrected our daughter Kayla, that is the same God that will loose his tongue so that he will speak clearly in the name of Jesus. Amen? You don't have to settle. Look at somebody say, you don't have to settle. So before God does anything, what's he going to do? First of all, he's going to reveal it to his servants, the prophets. They're going to begin to speak it. Historically, in our own personal ministry, God has always spoken things through prophets before he did it. Within this church body, God would speak things before he did it. Does anybody remember the prodigal revival that we had back in 2012 and 2013? Does anybody remember that? And we had the table over here where we put pictures. Some of you were here. And the Lord told us to do that. You can't just do it to be doing it. God instructed us to do it. And we had people start putting pictures. And I can remember one particular service. At first, we had it right up here. And I said, if you got a picture of your prodigal, you come down and bring it. And I'm telling them they're going to be saved. We had, a, we had just littered with prodigals. And for about a year, it was like every single service we were having prodigals. But see, the Lord began to, the Lord was speaking that. 
And the Lord had already told me that, and then that for, for us to do that, and then we had Damon Thompson in, and Damon actually prophesied exactly what the Lord had actually spoken for us to do. And so we did that. I, I remember one service, we had a young lady that come up and brought her phone. She didn't have a picture of her sister. She brought her phone up and, and, and you know, because, and, and whenever I saw her coming up, I said, hold on just a second. Let me see that. Who is that? But she said, that's my sister. And I don't know if anybody remembers. I held the phone up. I said, we're going to pray for her sister right now. We prayed for her sister. Guess what happened? Next Sunday, her sister was here, came down the aisle, gave her life to Jesus and is still serving the Lord today. Y'all excuse me while I get a little Pentecostal. Yeah, God brought her all the way from California to here to get saved. Don't you tell me he can't do it. I said, don't you tell me he can't do it. Don't you tell me he can't do it. I said, don't you tell me he can't do it. And by the way, if he did it, then he'll do it again. If he did it in 2012, he'll do it in 2023 right now. If he did it in 2013, he'll do it in 2023 right now. Y'all, please excuse me while I get a little excited. I, I'm wanting to stir your faith today to cause you to begin to believe God for greater and bigger because I'm telling you by the Holy Ghost, that's what's going to take place. God reveals things to his servants, the prophets. By the way, just so everybody knows, where we believe, <laughs> what I believe is the Bible. <laughs> Would you look, look at somebody and say, the Bible. And what my Bible tells me is that, that it says in Ephesians 4 verse 11, and he gave some apostles and, and pastors and teachers and evangelists, somewhere in there. And he says, for the perfecting of the saints... For the work of the ministry, and it goes, it doesn't stop there. It says, till, until we all come to the unity of the faith and the knowledge of the Son of God to a perfect man, a complete. How many of the church is not there yet? Because the church is not there yet, that means this. There are still apostles, there are still prophets, there are still evangelists, there are still pastors, and there are still teachers in the body of Christ. We're not a threefold ministry, we're a fivefold ministry. We believe in all five. Prophets are still relevant, they are important, they're, they're a part of the, the, uh, the ministry of Jesus that is ongoing within the church, that he continues through the fivefold. Amen? And so we see here that within this church body, God has always spoken things before he did it. Before I started writing songs, before I ever wrote the first song, a lady by the name of Mom Goodwin prophesied to me in Tulsa, Oklahoma. We were only there for about six months. You know, sometimes you may not understand everything you're doing and where you're at at the moment and why you're even there. But you know what? God knows exactly why you're there. And God, we knew that God told us to go to Tulsa, and I really believe with all my heart the primary reason, one of the, one of the primary reasons that we went there is because God wanted Mom Goodwin to release something within my life that later would blossom and flourish. Amen? By the way, it's cold in here. Uh, yes. So before I started writing songs, Mom Goodwin prophesied. Before I went on staff at Christian International in 1987, Phil and Dee Sadler had lunch with us, and he actually said this, the Lord told me that you're going to be at Christian International. 
When he said it, immediately I thought it'll be a cold day in the hot spot before I ever go on staff at the bunch of crazy, prophetic, weirdo, flaky nuts. I don't want, I'm a word man. I don't, we don't need that prophecy stuff. You know what I'm saying? Well, you know what? <laughs> Hell got cold and praise the Lord, I went on staff. <laughs> yep. Before I led worship on an integrity project, had the day on, in 1989, Bill Johnson, one of our staff members, actually prophesied to me, and he said, the Lord says that, but he didn't say the Lord said, he said, he gave me a word of knowledge. He said, I feel like they're going to call, they're going to be calling you, you know, ask me, you know, have you led worship on an integrity project? I said, absolutely no, I have not. They've heard me sing. That's the reason I haven't led worship. And uh, I'm not a great singer. You know, I'm a writer and I can lead worship okay. And I, but, you know, I'm not just, I'm not a great singer. Oh, they got all these other guys around the United States and around the world that they can choose from. I'm not their first pick. He said, well, I just really feel that they're going to call you, they're, that they're going to contact you about leading worship. I said, okay, well, great. Praise the Lord. Thank you, Lord. I put that one on the shelf. You know, that's around, you know, somewhere after lunch, around 1 or 2 o'clock, 6 o'clock in the evening, I get a call from Don Moen. And Don Moen says, we want you to lead worship. Uh, we had another worship leader. Listen, God will even move people out of the way if he has to to get you where he wants you to be. We had another worship leader already slated and it didn't work out. Some things fell through. And what we're going to do is you already have three songs on this project. We're going to put another two of your songs so it'll feel like it's your project. Had five songs on the project, Victor's Crown. But the point I'm trying to make is this. Before, before that took place, there was a word. Do you understand? See, before God does things in the earth, what does he do? He reveals it to his servants, the prophets. Okay? Before we started this church, Indianapolis, Indiana, prophetic word comes over us, very strong word. Before we took possession of the land that we're in, the building that we have right now, four months before we got this building, Leon Walters came in, and we were over across town, and he said, I see you moving, I see you moving I see you moving east and south. Does anybody remember that word? You remember that, Gil? Leon Walters, Prophet Leon Walters. I see you moving east and south, and I'm thinking, that's, that's Callaway. We didn't want to be in Callaway. You know, but he said, I see you moving east and south. You know, we didn't even know of any buildings over here, anything like that. And that was before the, the landlord had actually come in and said, we want you to move out. How many of you know God knows? God knows before you get there. He knows already. But before he can do things, he has to, he declares it through his, he reveals it through his servants, the prophets. And so anyway, then the Lord, I don't have time to go into all the things, but before, four months later, we moved into the building over there. Hallelujah. Praise God. Amen. Before we built this building, we had numerous prophetic words about building a building. And even right before we built it, we had some, some words about us. We were thinking too small. And I don't know, I'm looking at it now thinking, we were probably thinking too small. But anyway, <laughs> before we launched our new high, the high praise campuses and churches, I don't know how many remember 2013, Judy Jacobs was here, 2013, 2014. I remember standing right up here. We had the grand piano up here. And I remember some guys, but I remember uh, J.R. McArdle. Uh, being back behind us, got pictures of it, and she began to prophesy. I don't know if anybody remembers. She said, and the fullness of this word hasn't come to pass. She said, I see high praise Africa, high praise Europe. Does anybody remember this word? High, see, we hadn't launched any. This was the only campus, the only church at the time. I see high praise Caribbean. Everybody shouted yes to that. 
right? I see high praise. I mean, she just started naming like countries and continents and, and high praise Mexico and high praise South America. And, the, the, and I don't think it was just so much those nations. It was a matter of what the Lord was communicating is that we're going beyond and outside of just the city that we're in to begin to think globally. There's all sorts of things that we could derive from that. But the point that I'm trying to make is before we launched the first campus outside, the first thing that happened is God revealed it by his servants, through his servants, the prophets. Before various moves of God and major shifts, there have been a concentration of prophetic words that have always come forth before those things. Why? Because this is just the way that God works. He says, before I do anything, I'm going to reveal it to my servants, the prophets. I'm going to reveal it. They're going to articulate it. That's what then authorizes me and gives me the, the highway whereby I can then move into the earth and begin to bring my will and my purpose and my desire. Y'all getting anything out of this? Now, this is where I'm going with this. I'm about out of time. The last two or three weeks, there has been a deluge of prophetic words spoken over us once again. Most people don't know all of this. I mean, we've been a long time, not really, you know, a little word here, a little word there. In the last two or three weeks, there has been a deluge, a deluge of prophetic words. Whenever God begins to bring a deluge of prophetic words, buckle your seatbelt, something's about to break open. I'm going to say that again. Whenever there's a deluge of the prophetic ministry, what happens, you just need to prepare yourself. As a matter of fact, the prophetic word that comes to you is always a call to preparation. It's not a call to do nothing. It's a call to prepare. You know what? Whenever the prophets and they need, the kings needed water, the three kings, there was a Jehoshaphat, and then there was Ahab's son, the king of Israel, and then there was the king of Edom. You find that over there in 2 Kings uh, chapter 3, I believe it is, verse 50, uh, yeah, 2 Kings chapter 3. And uh, they're gathered together and they need water. They, they can't go any farther. They're chasing the enemy. They come to a place where they can go no further. They call for the prophet. Elisha comes there. He doesn't want to prophesy. He doesn't like you know, Ahab's son. As a matter of fact, he actually says this. If it weren't for Jehoshaphat here, I wouldn't even look at you or even notice you. Okay, That's what the man of God told him. said, I wouldn't, even, I wouldn't, I wouldn't say anything to you. You know? If it weren't for this man right here, the only reason I'm giving you audience right now is because of the righteousness of this man right here. There's a whole revelation there. I can't go there right now. I'll just say this. God will take you some places sometimes, and God will actually bless the people around you because you're there. Sometimes God will bless businesses that you're in solely because you are, you are the salt in that place. Mm, I have time to go there. And so anyway, what he does, he says, he doesn't say rain's coming, stops there. No, he says this, make this valley full of ditches for the rain's coming. Make this valley full of ditches. He said, you're not going to hear thunder. You're not going to see lightning. You're not going to even hear the rain. But this valley is going to be full of ditches. But you've got to, uh, is going to be full of water. But you've got to begin to dig the ditches. So I was saying that to say this, whenever, we, whenever there's a deluge of prophetic words, that is a call for preparation. It's the Lord saying, get ready. Something's about to happen. Something's about to take place. Y'all need to prepare yourself. You need to get ready. High praise. God is saying, it's time. We got to get ready. There's, there are some things that are percolating right now in the spirit that are going to blow our minds. 
And so over the last two or three weeks, about two weeks ago, Prophetess Amanda Hill, Elizabeth actually introduced us to her. I don't even know. I can't even remember. We were on a phone call together. That's the only thing I remember. What, how, I don't even know how. See, sometimes I found myself landing in places that I never desired to go. I just was, I was ministering in a conference to people I'd never seen before for a lady that I ne did not know before and, and didn't really even want to be there. But God providentially had, hmm, there was a providential engagement that God, I really believe this, that one of the primary purposes that I was there, not so much for what I could impart, but that word that Toby prophesied, that was a key for what God is going to do in this church Amen. But anyway, Prophetess Amanda Hill, she just prophesied. She, this is some of the things. I was writing it down as fast as, a, as, a, as I could. And uh, I, this is some things she said. Sons and daughters are being raised up. There's an apostolic shift in our church and in our ministry. We're coming into a time of sending people forth. There's new strategy that God was releasing. By the way, she had no idea, but we already have a strategy meeting planned for next week. And I don't have time to tell you about that. There's, and then she said apostolic hubs are being established over the next 24 months and there are four hubs that are going to be planted now it's very ironic we actually have four high praise churches right now she said you're coming into the Isaiah 54 moment Isaiah 54 it says this sing O barren you who have not born break forth into singing and cry aloud for you have not labored with child for more of the children of the desolate than the children of the buried woman then it talks about actually uh, expansion expand you know stretch out the tent pegs and all these other things that we, uh, I'm not going to go there, don't have time. But, it, but uh, and then she also began to prophesy about a school of ministry and how it was going to be very important to have a school of ministry. Then we also, just right after that, Brian Beasley. How many know who Brian Beasley from the ramp? He, he had a dream uh, about, uh, uh, that specifically concerned me and also some family members. And this was about two weeks ago, and I'm not going to share the entirety of the dream, but this is part I want to get to. So we were entering into a building for a church service. What was very interesting is there were people that were there that he had not seen in a long time, and I believe that represented reunion. God was bringing people. Sons and daughters are coming back and coming home. Hallelujah. I don't the, the full application of that, but I, I believe that's something that God is doing. As a matter of fact, even Toby, when he prophesied, even alluded to that. He began commenting as he was walking in the building on the fog. So what he's saying in the dream, the fog that was in Panama City, that he said, I, when I said that, I sensed it had to do with the glory. The glory was so thick, it was like a fog. And uh, he had a feeling, again, it spoke of the glory of God. He began to tell others about it who were around that were walking into the building and say, and tell them, would you please tell them about the fog and the, that's in Panama City? as if it's something that was very remarkable uh, that the Lord was doing. And then, of course, we had the prophecy from Toby Ariomi. How many of you were here Sunday morning? Who was not here Sunday morning? If you were not here Sunday morning, many of you were not here. Um, so I, I think it's only about three minutes long. I'd like to play that because I know that none of you remember exactly what all was said. I feel like that this prophetic word, though, is this isn't just for me. This relates to this church body. Does everybody understand that? Can we play that word just very quickly, please? He was not on his head. 
I, I, I saw something when you were ministering yesterday. Uh, I saw that there was a favor coming on you for justice in government. There was an oil coming upon you and your church to address injustices that have happened in school systems in your area. And the Lord was going to cause your church to be an ax that will break down some of the things in your region. You are going to be a voice that turns away the tide of wickedness. I saw like a shaking come, boosh, and it hit the boat. Then there was a second one, boosh, and it hit the boat. Then there was a third one. But the third one caused you to rise higher than you were before. And the Lord says, I have lifted you for this reason, and I have exalted you for this reason. And there would have been a time that you could have cussed some people out, and there would have been a time that you could have said some things but you held your own tongue and held your own mouth and let go of who you needed to let go of and brought in who you needed to bring in and the Spirit of God said there was a tide that came that had the ability to lift you higher and the Spirit of God says even those that spoke even those that spoke flippantly against you are no more the Lord says they were not lifted in this time but the Lord says you came to that place of promotion and the Lord says now like Joseph you're about to have the anointing of reconciliation there are many who are going to come back to you to apologize many who are going to come back to you to say I'm sorry that I said this and that I did that against the anointing of God that sits upon your life because there were those that you even took care of those that you even brought in that even wounded you in the last season the Lord says you bear some of those marks even upon you but the Lord says I am lifting and I am promoting you says the Lord and I'm making your voice an authority in the land in the region that you're in because I saw your church turn into a battle axe and it began to move through Congress and through uh, different centers. And I saw businessmen begin to gather to your church. Lord says, I'm going to bring financial funders. I'm going to bring the people who have the ability to lobby. I'm going to bring the people who have the ability to organize and mobilize. So Lord says, it will not be a protest, but it will be a scalpel and it will be a surgical move, says the Spirit of God. And I even see some things that are happening round about you even now. The Lord says, the ground is swelling for a revival that is about to hit your church that so you've been praying for for some time like a healing wave and a healing well says the Lord that carries a media presence with it the Lord says you're going after sickness and disease like you've never gone after it before and the Lord says because of it I'm going to crush cancer I'm going to crush diseases out of your midst the Lord says you're going to see the kind of oil that has the ability to speak to the region around you and bring a shift says the Spirit of God and the multitudes will gather the multitudes will gather. Amen. Amen. Uh, Can y'all just give the Lord a praise for that? Amen. Now, please, I want you to hear this. Even though that word was prophesied specifically to Stacy and I, understand that is about this church. It's about everybody. It's about the leadership of this church. It concerns Pastor Joshua and Miranda. And I believe that, what, you know, why does God speak through the prophets? Number one, he reveals. He, he reveals his purpose. He reveals his plan to put us in a state of preparation. We're making the valley full of ditches. Amen. Number two, he confirms things that have already been spoken. He also, the word itself becomes a seed that we plant for a harvest. And the, th and the last thing is this, it impregnates you with that which God will birth through you in the future. So whenever, we, whenever the word is prophesied, it automatically brings an impregnation into our spirit 
that then later we give birthing to. Now, this is where I want to go to, and I'm ending with this. Y'all please stay with me just a couple more minutes. Isaiah 66, verse 8 says this, Who has searched, heard such a thing? Who has seen such things? Shall the earth be made to give birth in one day? Or shall a nation be born at once? For as soon as Zion was in labor, the King James says, For as soon as Zion travailed, she gave birth to her children. Shall I bring to the time of birth and not cause delivery? Says the Lord, shall I who cause delivery shut up the womb, says your God? The obvious answer to that is no. When he brings it to a time of birth, he is going to cause it to come forth. But notice it says, whenever Zion travailed, she brought forth his children. Understand this, all major moves of God, all major moves of the Holy Spirit are usually preceded by spiritual travail and spiritual birthing. It, uh, just so you know what that involves. Some of you may have understanding of it, some of you may not, but it usually involves weeping, and it usually involves groaning type intercession, and many times these things are absolutely uncontrollable. Now, I said that just to say this. What happened this past Sunday is I suddenly, and I mean, it was like I was fine, and then the next thing you know, bam, it just hit me. Uh, I wasn't expecting it. This was not planned. It was not orchestrated. But the Holy Spirit, the presence of God came upon me so strong. And for people, y'all, most of you know me, I don't, I don't try to uh, 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 what we, uh, manipulate any type of spiritual thing to take place within the church. We allow the Holy Spirit to have free reign, but we don't try to make something happen. Does everybody understand? There's a difference between stirring up the gift and then making something, fabricating something, and we do not believe in fabrication, okay? And, but I suddenly began to feel spiritual travail come upon me to the point to where I began to bend over and I began to weep uncontrollably. Uh, I'm not a weeper, nothing, nothing wrong with people. There are some people, they weep a lot, and that's wonderful. God uses them in that capacity to, uh, to bring, you know, particularly in prayer and intercession and things like that. Uh, but I began to weep and actually shake uncontrollable. And again, that's not something that I normally do. I'm not a shaker or a quaker or anything like that. But I began to shake up here uncontrollable. I know some of the men came up here and probably could sense and feel some of the things that were going on. I was shaking and I was weeping uncontrollably. And I sensed the Lord, while this was going on, the Lord speaking to me about embracing revival that was coming and the apostolic shift that he was initiating. Those are the two things I really felt very strong at that moment in time. I really did not get a chance to articulate that because we were coming, our services were running together, and I felt I just had to release, and I knew that I would have a later time to explain. But I felt like the Lord wants us as a church to embrace the revival that he desires to send. How many of you this uh, evening will say, Lord, I want to embrace the revival that you want to send? Because hear this, that revival is going to begin at your house. I said that revival is intended for your house. It's intended for your family. It's intended for your children. It's intended for our schools. It's intended for our government. It's intended for every, it's intended for Walmart. It's intended for the new big lots. It's about to open. It's intended for everywhere that we go. If you want to embrace that tonight, would you stand to your feet? There's more that I could share, but I believe that, you know, there, there, I had a dream, I'll just go ahead and say this, I had a dream back in 2013, 10 years ago. And in this dream, I remember I was in a big, uh, it's like a big hotel lobby, in a big giant glass atrium. And this thing must have been at least five or six stories high. 
And I was holding a baby, and as I looked down at the baby, I noticed that the baby all over its body, it had like what looked like coals. It, uh, that would, you know, have you ever seen coals whenever they're hot, how that they, you know, will pulsate the hot coals? And that, the, the different places on the body of the baby was like that, and they were just like fluctuating and pulsating with heat and with light. And then as I continued to hold it, Pastor Stacy, she was actually over in an, another area waiting for an elevator. I just remember her over there waiting for an elevator. And as she was waiting there, then the oil began to flow out of this baby. And it, the, and it kept getting more oil and more oil to the point to where I was having great difficulty. Now, while this is going on, there's a throng of people that begin to gather around to watch what's going on. They're seeing this baby with these coals of fire and then the oil that was flowing uh, in the baby. And so I began to cry out to Stacy. I said, Stacy, come help me. I can't, I can't do this by myself. And, uh, and basically then the, the dream just stopped. Now, I believe that that was significant and I believe that we are moving into that season right now. I believe that baby represents the vision, the call, and the purpose of God and what God is doing even within our church right now. The fire and the oil represent the power and the anointing of the Holy Spirit. The tall glass lolly, I believe, represents visibility that God is bringing. Folks, our church has been visible in the past, but I'm, I'm telling, and I'm not saying this because so, we don't want any flesh to glory. This is not about me, Pastor Joshua, or anybody else, but I'm telling you, we're coming into a new place of visibility already getting contacted by some other people. I don't have time to go talk to you about it later. It, uh, the inability to hold onto the baby and needing help represents the magnitude of what God wants to do. Me calling for my wife to help represents teamwork. One man cannot facilitate the entire move of God. It takes a body. It takes people working together. And I believe this is a part of the reason that Pastor Joshua and Pastor Miranda had to move back from Orlando because they are key to the facilitation of all these things that God is doing. It is the season for this to come to fruition. I believe there are simultaneous birthings. That's really what was happening this past Sunday. It was like a spiritual birthing. I, I, I've been a part of spiritual birthings before. I was a part of the birthing of the prophetic move in 1988. And I'm telling you, the same thing that I experienced there in 1988 was what I experienced on Sunday morning. And there may be more birthings that God will do you know, I don't know, but I'm just saying, I believe the fire represents even the, the, the embers of coal. I believe it represents the revival that's in the house. And I believe the oil is that which is going to flow beyond the house. And so I believe that God, what he's wanting to do now is it, it's like he's taking off the cap. And by the, everybody is going to be positively affected by this. I told you a couple of Wednesday nights ago what I saw out in the parking lot. The Lord showed me a vision and I saw luxury automobiles all out there. I saw all sorts of luxury automobiles. And I'm not telling you everybody to go buy a Cadillac or a Lexus or anything like that tomorrow. I'm just telling you what I saw. And I heard the Lord say, I am bringing an abundant amount of wealth and blessing into this church body. And because that's what that represents. The people, God's bringing people and God's going to bless the people in this house to where you're going to have more than you ever dreamed of. You're going to have more than you ever thought of. God is going to show up as El Shaddai. He's going to show up as Jehovah Jireh and he's going to do greater and beyond what you ever dreamed of. Amen. 
We declare it over the Spanish ministry that God is going to do more. God's going to double the income in the Spanish ministry, and it's going to abound with people and grow in the mighty name of Jesus. Can everybody give God a shout right now? Hallelujah. Lift your hands right now. We're going to close. I know what time it is. I want you to just do this right now. Just say, Father, in the name of Jesus, I embrace revival. I embrace the oil. I embrace what you desire to bring forth within this church body. I embrace it in its fullness. In Jesus' name, we say, let God be true. And every man a liar. We believe the word of the Lord, and we say, yes, Lord. We will prepare. We will prepare for what you are doing and what you're bringing forth in Jesus' mighty name. Can we give the Lord praise right now? Come on, give the Lord praise. I see young people, God's going to flood into this place. I see a revival in our schools that's about to hit. I see where God is going to do things that are beyond our imagination. And God's going to do things in ways that we never dreamed possible. You have to understand whenever the word of the Lord comes, you know, it's kind of like when you're pregnant with something, you're pregnant with a baby. I remember when Pastor Stacy, she was pregnant, we could feel the baby move. We could feel that. That's, I think that's a foot right there. I, I think that's a knee right there. That's an elbow right there. But you know what? We didn't know exactly what it looked like until it came out. And you know what? We, we know that we're pregnant with something. We know that God's moving. But we're gonna not, not going to know exactly what it's going to look like until it comes out fully. Does everybody understand that? And we just say, Lord, we embrace whatever you're wanting to do. Whatever you're wanting to bring forth, we say yes, amen. Uh, let it be done. Come on, lift your hands right now to the Lord. Lord, we release it now in the spirit. We release it and we embrace it now. In the mighty name of Jesus, Lord God, everything that you are declaring in this season, Lord God, this, this deluge of prophetic power that's being released, we thank you, Lord, and we, re, we embrace it now in the name of Jesus. I feel like the Lord's saying we have to get beyond thinking just local church. We are a local church, but God's wanting us, he's wanting to expand our vision. He's wanting to expand what, our understanding of what he wants to do through this church body. And we say, yes. Amen. Come on, say it. Yes, amen. Come on, say it. Yes, amen. Say, Lord, do it in my life. In Jesus' name. Now give him one more shout of victory tonight. Hallelujah. Some of you are going to be those funders that God spoke about whenever Toby was prophesying. I'm telling you, folks, I'm, I'm telling you by the Spirit of God that there is... There is abundance that God is releasing into this house. Some of your businesses are going to double and triple over the next year to two years. Some of, some of your, your sales are going to go off the chart. So, Lord, we just declare it and we release it now in Jesus' name. Sons and daughters are coming in. They're going to go to bed one way and wake up totally changed. I don't, don't try to figure it out. Don't try to figure it out. I just I see they, they, I see them laying down and then getting up totally different. It's totally it's like total change. Listen, if you need your kids to change, just lift your hand right now. Lord, right now in Jesus' name, we release that word. Sudden change. Sudden change. Sudden turnaround. Sudden change. Sudden turnaround. In Jesus' mighty name. In Jesus' mighty name. 
don't you tell me he can't do it. Don't you tell me he can't do it. Don't you tell me he can't do it. Would you look at somebody and say, don't you tell me he can't do it. How many of you believe that he can and he will do it? Do you believe it? I believe he will do it. He will do it. He will do it. I hear the Lord say that he is erasing stigma. He's erasing the stigma of yesterday. He's erasing the stigma of the past. I don't know what all that has to do with, but some of you feel like you've been almost like branded and some, with something that the enemy had tried to brand you with and you feel like it goes with you wherever you go. And I hear the Lord saying, shake yourself loose. The stigma is no longer associated with you. That God has delivered you, God has set you free and the stigma of yesterday no longer exists. That which you, mm, that which you participated in, that which happened in your past, it will not last. It has been covered, it has been obliterated. So go ahead and praise and know that I am bringing forth a newness in your life. God says there is a new image. There's a new way that you're going to even begin to see yourself. And so, Lord, we receive that right now. We declare stigma is cut off today. The stigma of yesterday is cut off in Jesus' mighty name. One more time, just give the Lord a praise. Give the Lord a praise. Thanks again for downloading this podcast. We trust that this message has blessed, encouraged, and edified you. Make sure you subscribe so you never miss a message here from High Praise. Also, you can follow us on social media, on Facebook, and on Instagram. And don't forget to go subscribe to our YouTube channel. We'll be back soon with another incredible message. God bless you and have a great week.